This message is a presentation of Vortex Church in Albemarle, North Carolina. For more information about the ministry of Vortex Church, please visit us online at vortexchurch.com. The thing about doing a series like The Best Of is that this is kind of what uh, bands do at the end of their career, right? Uh, they get, get pull all their good songs together. And, and the thing that I think that this moment gives us the, the capacity to be reminded of is this, that God has done something amazing in our midst, thoroughly amazing. And we don't want to stop and look back in the way that we stop moving. But at some point, even as God was progressing the children of Israel through the story of the Old Testament, there were times that they sat and just said, wow, that was awesome. That was amazing. But here's the promise of God is that, that the best hasn't happened yet. So the best of is this moment where we say that what we're going to do is go look backwards and say, this is the best of what's happened so far, but the best really hasn't happened yet. Isn't that awesome to know? That the best in our lives, the best in what God has for us, hasn't even happened yet. That's a profound reality to live in. And so this week, we're going to uh, get started by looking at the series Baggage, right? I know a lot about baggage right now because we just went on a family vacation for a week. And if you would have saw my suitcase this past week, I learned something about myself. Um, I took one of those big, huge family suitcases all by myself, all right? (laughs) I'm not even joking. I mean, that whole thing was filled with my clothes. And at about like Thursday or Friday, I looked at it, and I'd only like wore about 15% of the clothes that were in there. Like, I wore the same outfit for three days. It was vacation. I don't care. And I looked at that thing, and I thought, man, that's just like us in life. Most of us are going through life, we say all the time around here that God has invited us into a journey. That God God initially begins the story by inviting us into a journey. And most of us have went on a journey carrying way too much baggage. Some of y'all have been in the airport before and seen what I'm talking about, Right? You've seen those little ladies that are business people and they're carrying way too much luggage behind them because they refuse to do what? To check their bags. And so they're in the airport terminal and they have this huge mound of luggage that they're towing behind them. And in seeing that, I mean, honestly, for me, I learned that that's like many of us. We're that person that out of the refusal to invite God in and to have him inspect the baggage that we're carrying, out of the refusal to check it, we end up carrying on way too much. And so today we're going to go really back through the a synopsis of that whole series. This was the voted the best series that we've done in the last year. 
uh, you guys, it was awesome. I love that that was it because it's also the longest sermons that I preached in the whole year. So thank you for giving me that uh, permission in the future to preach long sermons. I appreciate that. All right. I want to begin with that reality by asking you a very quick question. In your journey right now, what are you carrying that shouldn't be a part of your journey? What am I carrying right now that should not be a part of this journey? What's in my heart? What has embedded itself into my life that should not be a part of the journey? And I know that I don't want to take the next step while holding on to that thing. I don't want to take this bag, the next leg of this journey. I'm tired of that. Y'all don't want to, I had to haul that thing up three flights of stairs yesterday. That is annoying, all right? Having too much baggage is annoying, and it weighs you down, and it really, really affects the journey that God's called us on. It takes the joy out of the journey. And so today, I would like to begin by looking at a passage of Scripture out of 2 Corinthians 10. This is really where we camped out uh, through most of the series. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 3. If you have it on your phone or in your Bible, that's awesome. If not, we'll have it on the screen for you. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine powers to demolish strongholds. They have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments in every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. That these tenets that God has given us, that the way that God has asked us to live has the power that these things that God has put in our hands as what the Bible terms in this passage as weapons have the power to break strongholds. And as we were talking in this series, I basically explained to you that we can think of that word strongholds as being baggage. It is that thing which has taken a stronghold onto us and it has been a part of the journey. We have not been able to shake it or to get rid of it or to dump it. It has just remained there. And so what I'd like to do First is to invite you to claim your baggage. I'm going to go through five things. This is in your notes. Five things that perhaps might be baggage for you. Okay? The first thing that perhaps might be the bag that you have carried on that has had a stronghold on you is unfulfilled expectations. Unfulfilled expectations. Look at this verse out of Proverbs 13. Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. You see, many of us are living in the reality of having expected something out of life that life has not delivered to you. And 
The truth is, is that in that context, most of us have been presented, whether culturally or even from the pulpit, with the wrong gospel. That we believe that if I make a decision to follow Jesus, that everything will all of a sudden, poof, become peachy keen and awesome. When Jesus himself said, if the world hates you, take heart. Hated me first. That the one guy who got it right was killed. Murdered for nothing. The truth of the gospel is that if we take a step towards Jesus, we're going to encounter resistance. Because we're going the opposite direction of the way that the world is flowing. And many of us have expected life to flow towards us. And that is not at all how it works. You may be living with unfulfilled expectation. Number two, untreated pain. Untreated pain. Jeremiah 6.14 says this. They dress the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. Peace, peace, they say, when there is no peace. And it is unfortunate that many of us have lived through that reality where there have been significantly damaging things that have happened in our lives, stuff that has been very hurtful and difficult, And what has happened in our hearts is that we simply did not deal with it. We didn't walk through the stages of having God bring that stuff and examining how this hurt and wound was affecting and praying, God, heal this. Instead, we just treated it as if it were nothing and just kept saying, I'm I'm okay. They treat the wounds of my people as if they were not serious and continue to say, peace, peace. You see, for many of you, if you're honest, you're not okay. And you tell everybody you are. There's untreated pain that's there. The third thing is unresolved yesterdays. Unresolved yesterdays. The truth is, is that the longer that we live, the more relationships that we enter into, the more people that we're around, the greater the opportunity for us to become wounded. Because all of you and me, we're all going to blow it. We're all going to blow it. And so in our lives, for many of us, there is stuff that is in our past that wound, that time that this person did this. And even for me, okay, there's been things recently that God has bubbled up to the surface and I've spent time praying, saying, God, this happened and I really want you to come. Give me the grace to forgive. God, heal the wound that's there. Because that wound will turn to hurt 
and will eventually turn to anger. But here's what God tells us in Ephesians 4. In your anger, do not sin, and do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. I love that God understands that we're going to get angry sometimes. He knows that. It's not a surprise to him. And it's not that getting angry or having something that happens is necessarily sinful, but the invitation of God here is in that anger, do not sin. Stuff's going to happen. It's going to, and, and here's how you're not going to sin. Don't let the sun go down. In other words, the greater the distance between you and the time you were wounded, the more difficult it is to become healed from that. Okay? If I let another day go by, the more difficult, if I let another day go by, if I let a year, some of you have things that are years and years and years into you right now. And what would have been resolved years ago with a simple conversation now has severed relationships and left you broken. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Don't give the devil a foothold. Unresolved yesterdays. And the fifth thing is unrepented sin. Unrepented sin. Now I'm not talking about unconfessed sin. Because there's some of us in here, we're dang good at confessing our sin. I blew it again, honey. I'm sorry. You know, look what I did. I spent way too much money. I'm sorry about that. Baby, did you see what I'm... I was just, I was at the mall, and that thing was on special, and I know I shouldn't have. I know it was probably not the best thing. I'm sorry. Some of us great at that, all right? Confession is not repentance. It's not the same thing. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact it's not even, in this, in this bracket, we're not even dealing with the issue of forgiveness or unforgiven we're, we're dealing with your capacity to repent for the sin that God has revealed in your life. And repentance, as opposed to what we just talked about a, go, a minute ago is confession. The difference is, is that repentance has action. The, the biblical term, the Greek term that's used in the New Testament to define repentance literally means to turn around as a 180 and walk the opposite direction. There is an action that is associated with the feeling of confession. Those two things go hand in hand. Confession without repentance, confession without action is simply just something that makes us maybe feel a little bit better in the moment. But can confession with action, repentance, that is a deep, positive step when addressing sin. Look at this verse out of Psalm 32. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away. 
Through my groaning all day long for day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. And that's exactly where some of you are when it comes to sin that you have carried and carried and carried. And it has had a strong hold on you. It has been that bag that refused to let go of you. And you have carried it through every season along the way. And you have felt God's hand on you as he pushes and convicts you to challenge you to let go of that. As we look through those things, many of us today need to be reminded. Uh, maybe we need to just be honest about what is our bag. Maybe it's not even on that list for you, but when I talk about taking something through life, that next step that you don't want to carry on, some of you right now immediately recognize in your hearts and your minds what we're talking about. So what do we need to do to really check our bag? What, do we, what needs to happen in our hearts and in our lives to really to go to the counter with God and say, God, I'm tired of carrying this bag. I, I, I want to let go of this. I want you to carry it. It's not my burden. I know that you died on the cross so that everything that I'm carrying through life that is not supposed to be a part of the journey could be taken care of in that instant. What do we need to do to check the bag? The first thing that we need to do is that we need to can the excuses. We need to can the excuses. For those of you who keep saying it's just the way I am, when we say it's just the way I am. All we do is deny the power of God to change us. If you keep saying, it's just how I am, it's how I navigate life, all we're doing in that moment is denying the power of God that God has reserved to change you or me. It's not just the way you are. And that is an excuse. Some of you have used a different type of excuse, an excuse that says, I will wait a few days or a few weeks, or it's not the right time. I just don't feel. Some of you have said it's too hard. I can't, I can't do this. I can't make this change. And you're right. It is too hard. It's too hard for you. But look at this verse out of Philippians 4. This is, again, one of those, like, write this down on an index card. Memorize this. Philippians 4.13. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Many, many of you guys memorize that as I can do all things through Christ. I can't do it on my own. I'm not strong enough. And that's true. You're not. But you can do it through Jesus. The second thing that we need to do is that we need to cut the ties. For all of us, there is something that creates a certain kind of gravity to that bag. 
There's something that's in our life, something that's in our heart that has created a certain gravity that draws us towards that stronghold. And we need to be willing to cut the ties. Here's something that I I constantly pray this prayer. And and it's out of Psalm 139, it's verse 1 and 2. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from this distance, for you know what I'm thinking. God, come and search me. It's the way that that verse is translated in the NIV. Search me, God. Whatever's there that's not of you, whatever's there that's broken and wrong, God, I just want you to come and change it. I don't care. I don't care what needs to be changed, God. Search me. God, if there's a person in my life, if there's a person in my life that is drawing me closer to that bag, and I know that you're causing me to get rid of that, God, cut the tie in that relationship if it's leading me into sin. Or if there's a friend that's pulling me that direction. If there's a place that I go and it is pulling me that direction, God, cut the ties to that. Because God, I'm willing to sacrifice anything to follow you. You see, in, in this moment, cutting the ties, it, it has as much to do with understanding what you're capable of as it does understanding what you're doing. I'm going to say that again. It has as much to do with understanding what you're capable of as it does understanding what you're doing. You see, I'm reminded of a a great example, and I shared this when we went through this, of a a young boy that was in my student ministry when I was a a student pastor. He was getting ready to go to college, and um, his parents had just bought him a brand new uh, laptop, and and he said, he he just came to me and said, Pastor Kevin, I'm a little worried about getting to school. He said, you know, right now my parents have like really cool rules at home. And I mean, he was going to be playing sports and and he's a cool kid. And and he said, you know, my parents have just always had good barometers and good barriers for me. And and like I can't use my laptop in my room by myself and, and, and they've kind of always had that. And I'm a little worried about going to school and what I could be tempted to do. Is there anything that I could do to maybe keep myself accountable to you while I'm gone? And I said, yes, there is. There's a, uh, there's a, a program that we can install on your computer, and it will monitor your Internet activity. And if there's ever anything that you would go to, it email me um, that you had went to a questionable site. And he installed that and put that on there. And as he was at college, uh, I'd get those email updates from him. You see, he knew not just what he was doing, but what he was capable of doing. And many of us are unwilling to think about, God, what am I, what am I capable of doing? 
What am I, what am I capable of, of, of actually doing in my life? How, I, I, I'm, I don't want to wreck this. You've done such a beautiful thing in bringing me to this point. God, what, what could I do to actually wreck it? God, reveal me. Search me and show me that. Look at James 4, 7 with me. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. The Bible does not say resist the devil and he will flee from you. It doesn't say that at all. It doesn't say that if you start trying to read your Bible and have read good Christian self-help books on the topic that you're struggling with, that the devil will leave you alone. It doesn't say that at all. As a matter of fact, as James opens that statement, he says, submit yourselves to God. You want to understand what the first part of that equation is? Us saying, God, I don't care. Search me. Whatever needs to be cut out, do it. Because I am willing to submit to you. Now, every time we go on vacation, I spend quite a bit of time in prayer. Now, I don't mean that in the way that most of y'all think about it. I do not get on the floor and lay around, um, prostrate. I don't do that. Uh, I, it, it's just a reflective mentality. And the two books that, that, this, that I read through this, this week, uh, God ultimately brought me back to a place here where I, I, I say this all the time. God has a plan. And most of the time, we end up telling God, no, I like my plan better. God has a plan. I have a plan. The best thing in my life is really going to be to submit to God's plan. And, and there were five things. I came back and Amanda had, and I met on Thursday night. And I said, here's five things that in our lives right now that we need to submit to God. Because we're, we're blowing in these areas. I mean, we need to be willing. And that means that at times we have to be willing to sacrifice something that we perceive that is good for that which is best. And the last thing that we need to do to check that bag, to get rid of that bag, is that we have to fill the void. Because many of you have went through that place in life where you've said, you know what, I'm done with this. I'm done with this bag. I'm going to drop it. And you've had that awesome moment with God. That high on the top of the mountain moment when you literally laid that thing down. But you started taking the next step and the next step and the next step. And what happened was there was a void in your life that was left. There was a void that was there from the absence of this thing. And you never addressed the fact that if this is going to go out of my life, something has to come in to my life. I call that the replacement principle. That if God is going to take something out of your life, you have to be willing to listen to him about what needs to come into it. Because God is always going to take that which is good and possibly remove it so that he can introduce us to that which is best.
Just to kind of give you a, a taste of this in Scripture, this is the verse that I used in, in the series, Ephesians 5.18. Do not get drunk on wine. I do love that it says wine and not beer. Um, just kidding. Just joking. That's for beer drinkers in the room. Um, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine. Be filled with this. Here's the thing to take away. Here's the thing to introduce. Don't be drunk on wine. I will take that away from you, but here is what I will give you. Be filled with the Spirit. Do you see how that works? If we're going to check that bag, I have to be willing to let it go and say, God, what needs to fill that void. And what do I need to do once I've done that thing? Once I've stopped making excuses, what, once I have finally cut the ties, what do I need to do now, God, to stay free? What do I need to do to stay free as I continue to travel on? The first thing is that I need humility. I need humility. I need to recognize ultimately that I am not free on my own. What I have, I have not earned. I can tell you that I have been around the world and I have seen people that work a whole lot harder than you that have a whole lot less than you. And in this country, because everything is about bigger and better, we constantly feel like we deserve something. And subtly inside, we inflate the image of who we are before God. But the truth is, is that all of us are nothing without him. 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, humble yourselves under the mighty power of God and in his good time he will honor you he will honor you i can t- this is exactly what i said when we were going through this i promise you that the best that you can do for yourself on your own does not even compare to what god can do for you if you'll submit to him and honor him okay The best that you can do for yourself does not even compare to what God can do for you if you will submit to him and humbly honor him in your life. The next thing that we need is that we need honesty. We need honesty. The truth is, is that we need people around us that love us and know our junk, right? They know that you're crazy and they love you anyway, <laughs> all right? Because we're all crazy, all of you crazy. I know some of you really well and I know how crazy you are. You all have different kinds of crazy stuff, right? But we're all crazy. We all have our own little different brand of crazy. We all have 
our own little stuff. And we need people that know that. We need people that know, hey, you're, I love you, but you're all arrogant. And I'm just going to tell you right now, you, I don't know what happened over the last week, but you feel really good about yourself right now. You just need to bring it down a notch. We need people that know, hey, you know what? I see you making a few steps that I've seen you make those before, and I've seen where they lead. And you know what's really difficult about those conversations? I'm probably going to keep saying this because it is so important for us to grasp this. Those are the most important conversations we can ever have. They're actually the most loving conversations we can have with somebody. That we love them enough that we will step in and say, man, I, I just, I love you, but I see, I see this thing going this way. And it looks like the train's about to wreck, and I don't want that to happen. And you know why that's the most loving that someone can be towards you? Because almost every time they have those conversations with us, do they go well? No, they don't. We get all mad at them. You don't, you think I really do that? Really? Yes, I do. I do think you have seen you do it before. You know? It just, and, and so we need those kind of people in our lives. Look at this with me. Proverbs 24, 16. For those of you who have felt like you've been struggling and just hasn't been going right, the righteous fall Seven times, but they rise again. But the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. I love this verse because it reminds me that our spiritual life is not the precipice of the mountain. It's really what we do when we blow it. Are we going to get up or are we going to lay down in our mess? Because this verse tells me that there's going to be times that we make a mess. But we need to get up. We need to take the next step. James 5.16 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I told this joke. I love it so much I'm going to tell it again because it's awesome. Most of y'all are scared about uh, being vulnerable with somebody because this is kind of how you imagine it going. There was a group of pastors that got together to pray together. They were from different cities and would drive and have lunch and share what was on their hearts. And as their relationships began to deepen and they got to know each other better, and finally one day they just said, hey, you know what? I, I just feel like we can just drop all the barriers, open all the blinds and just really let everything out. And so one guy said, you know, I just, I just want to confess I have a, a gambling problem. It's been a part of my life ever since I was a teenager. And I, I, I really... I spend the majority of the money that I make that is not designated for uh, stuff that has to go to. I just end up spending it compulsively on gambling. And my wife hates it, and it's caused a ton of trouble in our marriage, and it's really provided a lot of difficulty along the way. Would you please pray for me that I would get better in this? Good. Thank you for sharing. The other, another pastor said, hey, you know, um, so we're just going to be honest, I, I really have had a, a problem with alcohol uh, throughout seasons of my life. Uh, there's just, sometimes things get really stressful, and 
I feel really, I just feel really pressed. And so because of all that stress, I really don't deal with it really well. And so I'll just go uh, buy, you know, a couple bottles of wine and, and down them. Or, or maybe sometimes I'll, I'll buy, you know, a couple 12 packs and really go through something like that in an evening. And, and it's just been, I've, I've had this really huge problem with binge drinking. And it's been a big part of my life and it's really caused a lot of trouble uh, in my home and, and even even in our church. There's been several moments when, and he said, you know, would you just please pray for me? And I looked at the other friend and he looked at them and he said, well, guys, I have a really huge problem with gossip and I can't wait to get out of here because I can't wait to tell people about what I just heard. And that's where some of us are afraid of that. All right. Truth is, is that in relationships, the only thing you get to control is the way that you act. We'll never get to control anybody else. And so what God tells us is that we need people, that we need people that we can be open with. And as God leads us to those, we need to be faithful with it. But we also don't need to expect perfection. And we can learn something through actually giving forgiveness to somebody. We can learn something through being wounded because Jesus was wounded. And we can identify with him and his wound. All right? So in all of that, we need people to be honest with. And the last thing is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 9 says, But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living inside you. You see, when we actually claim our bags and check our bags, the ultimate key to staying free from that bag is the power of God working in our lives to lead us and to guide us. And many of us today, right now, are being confronted with the idea that there is baggage that's there. So what I'd like to do is just take a moment and let's pray together as we get ready to close the service and ask God to perhaps do something in our lives and in our hearts. Let's pray. God, I just want to ask you today that for those that are here, that as we walk through the list of maybe what baggage could be. And we, God, talked about what it would take to actually get rid of the bag and to start living in the freedom that you've promised and then to stay free from that bag. God, many of us today are left with the idea that I, I, I have a bag. There's a bag that's there. And I've been carrying this, and I realize it's not supposed to be a part of the journey. And so, God, I just confess that I need you. God, we confess that we need you. So today, God, as we realize that the best is really yet to come. We want to embrace that by saying that we don't want to live with this bag anymore. We don't want to take the next step carrying this load, God. We don't want to look like the foolish me yesterday going up and down the stairs carrying that big, huge bag. God, we don't want to be that person in life. 
So with nobody looking around, there's going to be hands up all over the room. Let me ask you today, as we went through this, did you feel convicted personally? Don't think about anybody else. Don't think about that person sitting next to you or that person that you think this message was. Don't think about that, okay? We're talking about you right now. Are you carrying a bag in life right now that you don't need to carry one step further? If that's you, raise your hand right now. Hands all over the room. Anybody else? There's a bag in my life right now. I'm just not supposed to be carrying this. Awesome. Now, ultimately, everything that we just walked through, God says that I can free you from that bag, but the key to that, the key to you dropping that bag and taking the next step in freedom away from that is simply this. Submit yourself to me. Give me your whole life. Surrender to me. And today, there's some of you that just raised your hands and you realize right now that that's where you are. You haven't surrendered at all to God and today you want to do that. You want to get it right. You want to just say, God, I I don't care what it is. Take it away. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now? I really want to get this right. I see those hands. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's pray for those people that have raised their hands. God, for those that confess that there's baggage in their life, and they want to get rid of it, God, those of us that are here that have made a decision to follow you, I pray that, God, that you would Remind us to fill that void and to be humble and honest and be led by your Holy Spirit, God. Today, for those people that just made a decision to say, God, I don't care what it is. I just want to submit my life to you. God, for those people that are in that position right now, God, lead them and guide them. Encourage them for your glory and for your name. It's in the name of Jesus we pray.